Smoking the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. I'm here. I have a cigar, so obviously I know what I'm doing. <laughs> was there concern that you'd show up and just be confused? No, I think the cigar adds a certain amount of legitimacy to whatever you're doing. In mo- unless you're delivering a baby. <laughs> oh, no, that would, that would be awesome. All right, now, push. <laughs> breathe, breathe. No, not that hard. <laughs> Harking like back to a time 50 years ago when that was the norm. When they sent the men out in the room, out of the yep. room to smoke while they delivered a baby. That's a good topic for a future show. Oper- scenarios where a cigar is not a good addition. Oh, well, you know, at a funeral. I don't know. It depends whose funeral. Well, that's George true. Burns' funeral, you better believe. <laughs> Lots of cigars. Well, we can save that for another show for now. we got to talk about what we're going to smoke tonight. We're Absolutely. here right now. Yeah, so you've got something a little special, don't you? So this is interesting. I have the La Flor Dominica Mystery Cigar. This is a cigar, the LFD. We had an LFD event here at the store Friday night, and the giveaway cigar is a cigar that you may only get at LFD events. Um, it's a 6x44 Lonsdale in a box press cigar. With a nipple. Yeah, it's um, not a pigtail. <laughs> it's kind of a bump under the wrapper. I'm a little concerned about how to cut that. I think I'm going to go for a straight cut, yeah. which is rare for me. I think I'm going to try to just barely cut the the pigtail portion of that off. Yeah, because typically the pigtail, it's kind of just r- cap leaf wrapped around itself and kind of twizzled. Yeah. That, that's just, it looks like a pimple. Yeah, if I if I was walking through the humidor and I seen this cigar, I'd say, don't buy that one. There's a stem under the cap. Right. So I'm interested to see. I picked one up, and, of course, Jonathan said, no, no, don't smoke it now. Save it for the show. And I said, that's a good idea. So I'm going to smoke the mystery cigar. Um, they say the wrapper's a Maduro, and they don't disclose where it's from. The binder is not disclosed, and the filler is not disclosed. Okay. Well, they are playing that one real close to the vest, aren't so they? So, who knows? I mean, it, it's LFD, so probably Dominican tobacco, one would assume. Well, yeah. But uh, it's good, because I can kind of say it whatever I want it is. That's right. And I'll just refer to my palate. <laughs> what are you smoking tonight? I am smoking uh, from Aganorsa Leaf. The uh, uh, or from Agonorsa Farms, the Agonorsa Leaf Corojo. Uh, we have both smoked the Maduro on the show before, I believe. Um, and, and we've talked a lot about it. it's it, the Corojo wrapper on this cigar was grown in 2006, so it's got quite a bit of age on it. So the Agonorsa used to be Casa Fernandez, right? In fact, this has the new uh, band on it that says. Uh, Fabrica de Tobacos Casa Fernandez, but with the big Aganorsa logo. You may have seen this in in a bygone era with the old Casa Fernandez um, logo, the big white F on the band as well. Um, same cigar, uh, just part of that rebranding that we touched on about a year ago. Uh, this it's uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler, all you know, Cuban seed is what they say. Uh, Premium, they say premium grade A Cuban seed Corojo wrapper. I don't know if you have. I, can I get the Can I get the B average? Is there a Is there like a 
Yeah, is a, I mean, is how do you have a grade A seed? Is that a seed that's a little more round than the other one? Is that <laughs> I don't know. It, more consistent, it, like carrot seeds? Maybe it's like uh, the AKC dog show, and it's just it comes from a better bloodline. It's got better pedigree. Well, you know, the um, the reason diamonds are measured in carrots is because carrot seeds are the most consistent seed made. And so when you have a 14-carat diamond, when they used to put, you know, the diamond on the scale, they would use carrot seeds as the counterbalance. Because that's they were where, consistent weight. Right. That's where carrot came from for the diamond. I learned something today, Shane. We're not, we're not just fun. We're educational. I like it. <laughs> and all. But I, I am interested. I did just barely clip that, but the draw on this mystery cigar is excellent. Look at that. Mine's got the any version of what yours had. It does. Just by happenstance. It's got a little... Got a little dint in the end of it. What's after the draw? What's the the uh, is the draw good? The draw's great. Yeah, the cold draw on this is is fantastic. I just barely kind of shaved the cap off. Um, I will say the Aganorsa leaf. All of their draws have been excellent. I will not complain a bit about anything that I've had of theirs that I drew from. You know, I've got to say the same. Uh, I've been really impressed with the Guardian of the Farm and with the Aganorsa leaf. As just everything coming out of that factory right now, I find that the construction is fantastic. Well, and draw is where rubber meets the road. Now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I can forgive in a cigar. I can handle it burning a little crooked because I can work on that. I can handle the cap popping off. I can handle very little will cause me to abandon a cigar, but a bad draw and I will abandon a cigar. Yeah. I mean, even we've talked about the tobacco salad. That doesn't even bother me. I can always spit those tobacco flakes out. Bad, so, bad draws a deal breaker. Well, so the mystery cigar on the first light, really good flavor, really light for an LFD. If you want, sorry, I just my, my eyes are <laughs> a little cross right now. Um, if you want to know what a Corojo wrapper tastes like, that, that is this cigar. That is the most Corojo-tasting Corojo I think I've ever lit up. I'm interested. That's to see, amazing. I'm interested to see what it releases as it gets warmer and mm-hmm. all. But I, that it did kind of kick you in the teeth on your first light. I seen in your eyes. It kind of. It wasn't, and it wasn't even the strength so much as it was just that flavor. It was. I, I am a sucker for a Corojo wrapper. I do love a good Corojo, and this just has so much of that of that flavor in, in it that I, I got really excited. Do you like the Corojo wrapper or do you just like saying Corojo? A little bit of both. A little bit you of know, both. It I mean, feels good on your lips. You know, some from column A, some from column B. Well, as is our one, let's go ahead and get the legislative stuff out of the way Yeah, let's, at the front of the pot. That, that way we can only go up from here. That's right. Well, so we start at the bottom here. So today, the FDA has started rumblings again about wanting a flavored cigar ban. Didn't they do this 10 years ago? They did, and it was voted down, put out of business, and now they're bringing it back. And I think they're bringing it back because they're losing ground on the premium cigar exemption so quickly. They want to bring this into the picture so that they can use that as fuel okay you know because the, the the premium cigar band is kids ain't going out and paying 11 bucks for a premium cigar right but if they can introduce well you got a cigar for you know a tatiana that's six bucks that tastes like grape kool-aid 
and that could attract kids. And, and that was their argument then, too. And you know what? You know, we have always said on this show and, and in our conversations off the air about how cigars are not an entry point. You know, if you want to talk about keeping kids from smoking, what you need to eliminate are the entry points, and cigars aren't an entry point. However, Tatiana's come in tens. They, there are some full-size cigars that they make as well, or just flavored cigars in general tend to come in tens, so they're smaller, they're cheaper, and by nature of having that flavor, they become the, the one area of cigars that I would say, yeah, that probably is an entry point. And I'm inclined to say let them have it. Well, here's the deal. I would let them have it if they wouldn't use it as a foothold to take everything else. Agreed. Uh, absolutely agreed. Uh, I mean, that's the problem. You kind of have to fight it, even though I could care less. Right. Um, you know, and it might even be good overall in the big picture if they just said, hey, I'll tell you what. Y'all knock off the flavored stuff and we'll let you have the premium cigar exemption. Probably very few cigar guys would not take that deal. No, absolutely. And you know, obviously you can't do this, but if you could find some type of contractual that says, okay, this is the end of this discussion. Right. Like, you leave us alone henceforth. You got yours. We got ours. You can't revisit this anymore. Well, and so now the other interesting thing, this is really interesting, gave me hope. Last night during the SmackDown 1000th episode. They had a big thing for the 1000th episode of WWE SmackDown. Now the second longest running episodical TV show in history. Oh. The longest running is actually Monday Night Raw. I figured this much. They had their 1000th episode a couple of we- couple of years back. I was about to say they uh, SmackDown I, I would imagine is probably oh, they do two episodes a week whereas Raw just does one. That's how no, they caught up. They only up, do so. one. Oh. They only do one. They've just been in it that long. I think Raw is on like 1,100 and something. Okay. So it's, it's on up there. But anyway, not to chase a rabbit. But during that, a commercial came on that from the um, Center for a Tobacco-Free United States or some other nanny group that's sticking their nose where it doesn't belong against vaping. Which we've known. I mean, that's, that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, and this is the even more interesting part. They were showing vaping, and I don't believe any of the stats those people put out. They massage the stats to make them say what they want. Both sides do. But they were saying that people who vape tend to become cigarette smokers. Well, it was originally marketed as a way to get off cigarettes. And so, you know, because you can decrease the levels of nicotine, and you can kind of use it like a stepping gum or patch, whatever. Um, but yeah, it become but it kind of took its own, became a counterculture kind of thing, and and so I can see it again becoming that entry point. However, I've got something else I want to I want to kind of say to that point, which is, if tobacco companies can't advertise on TV, the anti-tobacco companies shouldn't be allowed to advertise on TV either. Well, it's all, it's all under the same trash that everybody who doesn't have a good platform uses. What about the children? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a good platform, you try to use what about the children in order to make it, to inspire emotion, to get the soccer mom behind you. Absolutely. But, you know, know, to the point, you know, going back to the flavored cigar band, whatever, I was actually smoking a cigar this weekend at Casa Monte Cristo, and someone was in there smoking a flavored cigar, and they were, I never was able to see who it was, but there was, 
they sat down about 10 minutes after I did, and it really did affect my enjoyment of my cigar because of how pungent and how obnoxious that smell was. You know, everyone in that building was smoking a, a real cigar. I'm going to go there. I'm going to be a little pompous right now. Everybody in there was smoking a real cigar except for this one person who lit up like a groovy blue or something real fruity smelling. And that was all. I, I couldn't even really enjoy or smell my own cigar because all I could smell, smell was this person who want, who just wants the experience without actually having to develop a palate. I well, said, get rid of them. Well, how do you define a flavored cigar? Because, okay, do you call Kentucky Fire Cured a flavored cigar? No. But... Because that is naturally cured, not infused. Aha. Uh-huh. So you draw the line at infusion. Yep. I do. Well, you know, my wife smokes the tobacco specials mm-hmm. that has the chocolate and the coffee and all that in it. I've stood beside her while she smoked hundreds of those and never it's never impacted my enjoyment of the cigars. Right. I think it... I, I'm speaking more to the fruity flavor, the things like the... The coffee infused, I tend not to notice a change in the aroma because so much of, of regular cigar smoke has that smell of those coffee notes, those cocoa notes, the, you know, that, that sort of thing. When you start in, in, it's that sweetness and that fruit, and, and you get it with the acids too, to a certain extent, the essential oils or whatever that they infuse theirs with, it becomes so aromatic. So I guess the aromatic is where I draw the line. Okay, then... Um, following this train of thought out, if they ban flavored cigars, are they going to ban chocolate-flavored pipe tobacco? Uh, it depends where the line is drawn. And, and that's the problem. That's the problem with all of this stuff is it's never just black or white. There's so right. many lines of degradation between those. It's really hard to say, okay, we're going to find, you can have flavored cigars, and then they say, great. Well, also, this is a cigar-flavored cigar. Right. You know, it's, it's the problem. The problem is you have to fight every battle because they've got the, their, their goal is get rid of tobacco. Well, the good news about things like that, assuming it goes through legislature and is not just an edict passed down by the FDA, is that they have to define it. You know, that was what has given us, you know, the timeline that we have on this. You know, the FDA issue with cigar smoking has been around for almost five years now. And the reason it's strung out is because of the the defining of a premium cigar. So, it, you know, they would have to create a definition around what a flavored cigar is. And so maybe, you know, maybe there's something in there where you, where you do draw that line of like, it has to be oil infused or it has to be, you know, a fruit process. or something. Yeah. Whereas, you know, your coffee infused cigars like the tabacs if they're so much percent tobacco leaf over like whatever the line is but i'm sure um, especially with swisher backing drew estate speaking specifically to the tabacs i think you know i i think that the d- defining that clearly could could help in a way draw that line and the, the other thing you know i do want to talk about the premium cigar exemption bill hr hr 564 house representatives Bill 564, we now have 149 sponsors. So I took the bullet for the team, and I actually did some research on how a bill becomes a law. And I didn't go to the Schoolhouse Rock special, though I probably (laughs) probably could have saved myself a lot of pain and had a good song stuck in my head if I had. Exactly. But there are uh, 435 members of the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. 
Currently, 149 are sponsors and co-sponsors of this bill, and it is a bipartisan bill. So the process goes, someone proposes the bill, sponsors, co-sponsors. There can be a motion to dismiss the bill if it does not have enough sponsors and co-sponsors. That requires a two-thirds majority. So as long to as... To dismiss? To dismiss. So as long as 145 people have signed on as sponsors, they can't dismiss it. It will have to go there, and 149 have signed on. Okay. So that's encouraging. The other, the congressional bill is Senate 294. There's only 100 senators, and 22 of them have signed on as sponsors and co-sponsors. Okay, that's that's pretty good. So gaining a little momentum, um, a little ray of light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully. Makes me happy, but... Okay, I'm officially done talking about politics. I hate politics as a profession. I hate politics in general, especially as it pertains to people trying to tell me what I should or shouldn't do with my time. Which is politics in general. Yeah, which is politics in general. Let's talk about a new cigar. All right. Balmoral and Perez Carrillo have collaborated on a new cigar called the Duetto. All right. I really like Carrillo's blends. You know, I like Carrillo's stuff. Um, I really like Balmoral's stuff. You've been getting into a lot of their cigars lately. Yeah. I've been noticing that in what you've been smoking. Well, the Balmoral, I just really like the flavor. I really enjoy it. These cigars are rolled at the Perez Carrillo La Alianza factory in the Dominican Republic, made entirely of Dominican tobacco, except for a little bit of Brazilian-grown leaf in the filler. Okay. So just a touch of Brazil kick, I, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, it's not a puro, but it's pretty close with just a hint. Of, and if I love when they do something like this, when they don't put too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. You know, where you don't have seven or eight different blends of tobacco from all over the world in a cigar. Now, there's a place for that. Well, yeah, the Ritmo. Yeah, the Ritmo has six different blends, six different tobaccos in it. But very good. They're 5 by 50 ring gauge in the Robusto, and they go all the way up to a um, Churchill 7 by 49 Comes in 10-count boxes. It's going to retail between nine seventy-five and twelve fifty, depending on size. That's not bad for a collaboration. No, it's not a bad price. Um, the 10-count box... Eh, I don't like a 10-count box. You know, I don't either. One of the things I loved, Friday night, the LFD guy was here. And there were 50-count boxes of cigars. He brought out a 50-count box of cabinet number fives yeah. and broke them out, and they lasted about an hour. Because <laughs> everybody knows. To, to me, finest LFD cigar made cabinet number five Maduro. Right. Hands down. Anybody, anybody says, what's the best cigar LFD makes, that's it. I completely agree. Rich, oily wrapper. I've got two of them in my locker. I can't wait to smoke them. Actually, no, the chisel's better, in my opinion. But that cabinet number five is is darn good outstanding um it's interesting how they do this ep carrillo um made the gloria cubano brand after he left his post at general cigar to form his own company Mm -hmm. so should be a good cigar um which which he then sold back to general and then went out on his own again with ep carrillo cigars and so you've got the E.P. Carrillo, the Cardinal, I think, is the one you see most often. But they've got a few different blends uh, in that line, which there was some talk of him selling that off to General a while ago. But it looks like that may have just been rumor. General's going to make him rich. Well. And beautiful presentation. Very much so. Absolutely. Um, I love that decorative footband. 
Yeah. I, the foot band, I love on a cigar. I love the look of the foot band. I do, too. I like the feel of it. Um, it's a little hairy getting it off on the front end because you got to be sure that the manufacturing was right. Generally, the foot band, I will actually wiggle it and try to pull it off I rather usually than do try too. to peel it off. The, the d- different, I find that whether you're talking about a paper foot band or a satin foot band makes a difference in that as well. You know, typically, especially with my father's cigars, they wrap that foot band so daggum tight that oftentimes you have a real devil of a time getting it off, especially trying to slide, because that, that fabric, it moves, so it doesn't slide off nearly as easily. But Yeah, the, yeah, the fabric, fabric is a little harder, but the fabric's not as likely to catch on the wrapper as the, the paper is. It's true, but the good news about that is that if you are talking, you're just talking about the foot of the cigar, so it burns off if you do damage it in right. the process. If you damage it a little, not a huge deal, I'll, but I always rotate that foot band the direction the cigar is rolled. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in my life looking at my cigars, dis- discerning which direction that cigar was rolled. Actually, I'm going to disagree with you on that. You want to rotate it whichever direction the foot band is glued. So whatever the the flap on the underside, you want to wrap it, you want to twist it so that it's going away from from the twist. Because if you if you twist it in such a way that that underside is going sort of sort of edge first, that's where you catch the leaf of the cigar. But if you're twisting it in the direction that the cigar was rolled, it can't go under the edge of anything. No, but it can dig into just the body of the leaf. I guess it could do that. Yeah, and that's what I've seen more often. Well, everyone do it do it the way that works best for you. There you go. Or and, uh, better yet, just light the thing with the footband still on. <laughs> that's right. Just <laughs> the, the footband, it'll burn off pretty quick. <laughs> and all, but beautiful presentation, beautiful box. I'm looking forward to these getting here. Um, I'm not sure Austin has ordered any of them yet, but I can go on a mission sometime. Sometimes it's more fun to actually go seeking a cigar than it just to wander into your shop and jump in your lap. I completely agree. Now, has, has our, I'm going to pull the show over for a second. Either I'm getting old or our corner has gotten darker. I'm having to use my phone to put a light on our recorder to check the time. Our I corner is getting darker. I didn't used to have to do that. I used to be able to just see what... I think I'm, going, I think I'm getting old. Well, you are, but that, the corner's getting darker as well, which probably ain't helping. But also used to, the TV above you would oh, be I on. Oh, I bet that's what it is. And the TV has quit working over in this corner. I bet that's what it is. I was so, getting extra light from that. You were getting a little extra Because, yeah, it's a little, it's a little LCD screen. It's an older LCD screen as well, so it just doesn't have any brightness to it whatsoever. And I can, uh, I can barely see that thing. Well, we'll step away for a break, and I'll, we'll just roll the dice as to what... What the actual um, what the actual time of the show is, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some cigar traditions and talk about things we've never said while smoking a cigar. All right, well, we we'll be with back with that and more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week I want to talk about the Casa Fernandez, now Aganorsa Farms, Lunatic Maduro. I've never actually had this cigar. 
Um, well, I've had I had the El Chiquito, the four point seven by seventy on the show one night. Oh, that's right. Yes, and I and I really enjoy that cigar because you get that complexity, but you're not locked into a seven by seventy, but you still get that seventy ring gauge complexity. Mm-hmm. Really love that. They also have the Jackhammer, which is an eight by sixty, and the Lunatic Gordo is an eight by eighty. That's a big cigar. A lot of times, um, if I'm coming in here to meet with the Brain Trust, we'll have the Jackhammer. It's the 8 by 60 because I know that's a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour smoke. At least. And just great for the price, under $8. Absolutely wonderful cigar. Everyone should try it. It's the Casa Fernandez Lunatic Maduro. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. One of your hosts, Shane, sitting here with Trey. Welcome back, everybody. I'm really enjoying the LFD Mystery Cigar. You know, I'm really enjoying my Agonors Elite. It's lighter than LFD standardly is, but it seems more complex. Okay. I'm That's getting... been my complaint with them lately. Yeah, they've been just all power, no yeah, finesse. Yeah, kind of a one-note chord. Yeah. Yeah, this has a lot of finesse. This cigar has a lot of complexity in it. I'm getting hints. Um, toward the front of my mouth, I'm getting a little of that sweet chocolatey flavor. Toward the back, I'm getting almost a little of that Sumatra tingle. Um, just as it's going through my system, I'm really getting a lot of variety of flavor. This is definitely a cigar. Um, if I had to compare it to something else of theirs that I have smoked, I would have to say it's a smaller version of the Grand Cru. Mm-hmm which is one of my favorite cigars. I do enjoy the size of the Grand Cru. It's that 6x60. It's big cigar, big ring edge. It may even be a 62. Yeah, it may be. It's It's, a big cigar. It's a big cigar, and this has feels like that blend. Um, You know, I'll come out and say I was not impressed with Andalusian Bull. Neither was I. Um, Not a bad cigar. No, I just didn't didn't feel like I got a lot of complexity out of it. It felt very flat. Well, and if it had never made number one an aficionado and I had just smoked it, I wonder if I would have felt differently about it. I think I probably would have. But, you know, and the Lenox is the LFD that I don't care for. But this, but coming back to positive, this mystery cigar is really good. I mean, this is something that if it was a regular production release would make my regular rotation. That's excellent. How many cigars are in your regular rotation? Uh, probably about five or six. See, I think, I think I'm about 10. Okay. And I think, it, you know, to define regular rotation, let's say the variety of cigars you smoke in a two-week period. Right. Yeah, I'm probably about five or six. I mean, it, to the point that when I was at Casa this weekend, I, you know, I, um, they, did, they were out of Ch- Charter Oaks. They had the Jaime Garcia, but not in the size I like. You know, it's, it's going to – those two, the Tarano Vault series – Camacho, um, either the Ecuador, the Corojo, the Padron 4000. I mean, that's, that's basically it. I mean, there's a few more in there, you know, the Olivas. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess if I wanted to call it my rotation, we'll have, we'll have to write it down. One yeah, we'll, do, we'll have to do that because I, I think yours is probably a little bit more varied than mine, but I wouldn't imagine by very much. You know, because my if I had to have a daily smoke, it would definitely be... Um, Either Don Gonzalez Habano or Undercrown Shade. Yeah. Just depending on the availability that a Don Gonzalez is a little harder to get. Mm-hmm. 
and all. I did buy a bundle of them when I was down in Alabama the other day with Pedro, and that was great. Right. And I'm enjoying those. But there's, you know, 20 in a bundle, so you can't quite go daily with something like that. No, it, it becomes a little tough. And I'll, plus, I don't, I don't want to do anything the same every day. Which we've talked about. I'm much more along that, that monogamous speak, line than you are. Speaking of Alabama... <laughs> I almost stepped all over your Segway. I'm sorry, Shane. King of the Segway, sitting right across from you. This weekend, when you're listening to this, about 3.30 on Saturday, Tennessee and Alabama will kick off for their football game. Yes. Third third weekend in October is always a Tennessee-Alabama game, and how that actually pertains to the cigar cast is there's a tradition that the winning team actually smokes a cigar in the locker room Regulations be darned. Well, they actually self-report. Yeah. You know, this started back in the 1960s when Bear Bryant was coach and his athletic director was a cigar smoker, and that's where this tradition started. And I doubt they'll do it. They're playing at UT this weekend, but so I doubt it'll happen at Neyland Stadium. But they say in Tuscaloosa, as soon as the final second kickoff, everybody lights up a cigar. Hmm. And all that the stands actually, you know, again, rules be darned. Oh, the stands as well. Yeah, the stands all pull out a cigar and start lighting it and smoking it. Well, I think, you know, you've kind of alluded to the fact that it's a foregone conclusion who's going to win this year. But I'm sure I'm sure if UT were to win at home, they would probably still do it as well. I don't think it's a kneeling versus... Well, all, all the sleet and snow and tornadoes and all that that would incur if UT could actually beat Alabama. Well, yeah, I might, realize that. Might, might make it hard to smoking. light a cigar. But. <laughs> on, the list of th- on the list of things that could happen, Tennessee beat Alabama, six inches of snow at Neyland Stadium in October. It's a 50-50. Yeah, yeah 50-50, it could go either 50-50 way. 50-50 shot could happen. No, I've, actually, I love University of Tennessee. I really enjoy them. I enjoy Alabama. I'm not really um, any one team's guy. You know, we've talked about it before, but I, I do want to talk about that for a second. Okay. When we spoke about football before, um, you and I are neither one great football guys. Right. But I do admire the passion that fans have. Now, I admire passionate fans, not obnoxious fans. Well, and there's a fine line there. You know, and every every team has its... Uh, has its obnoxious fan base, and and some teams are more so than others. You look at like the Philadelphia Eagles. I think are probably the quintessential team when you think of that obnoxious fan. You know, punching a police horse and rioting when they win and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I love to see. You know, I love to see passion. Well, you know, we have two gentlemen here at the shop. One is a graduate from University of Tennessee. He eats, sleeps, and breathes University of Tennessee. Um, it means a lot to him. I, if I was going for my doctorate in psychology, I could actually write a paper how it pertains back to his family and his father and how that's transferred to his University of Tennessee, but I won't go into all that. And another man's a very proud Alabama fan. His son graduated from University of Alabama. He's loved University of Alabama all his life, and at the end of the game, Whoever wins, the other they shake hands and they're still friends and they celebrate together, and it, it's a beautiful thing. It is, and I think you know we're, we're being in Tennessee, we tend not to see that caliber of Alabama fan. I, I will admit, growing up, that I've always had kind of a, a a bad taste in my mouth for the fanship that you see out of Alabama, 
but I, I don't think that's fair because I've known too many people in this shop in particular that are that have a great deal of sportsmanship. And I think I think that's what it comes at. You know, the, the sportsmanship is everything. You can be passionate all you want, but at the end of the day, you still have to be a good sportsman, whether you're well, a fan or on the field. At the end of the day, I would hate to live a life that I tied my sense of self-worth to who won a football game on Saturday. That I didn't have anything to do with. Right. That, right. That's if, kind of the caveat That I wasn't me. playing yeah. in, that I wasn't coaching in. Right. I'll even let the water boy have that. Mm-hmm. But if if you're just sitting here having a good cigar watching the game and you, you've tied your sense of self-worth into that game, might be time to reel back and take a look at life. But coming back to the cigar tradition. Yes. And all. So the cigar tradition, originally the coaches actually bought the cigars for the team. Then CAA stepped in and cut that off. Oh, really? And now the cigars are actually bought from a local shop there. I won't say who because I don't want to get anybody in trouble at a deeply discounted rate. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually, last year, I, an inside source told me it was probably the house blend of this particular cigar that they had waiting in the Alabama locker room when the game I was see. over. So, very interesting. Um, cigars and traditions are an interesting thing. And, I'll, um, you know, what's the most famous c- cigar tradition? Oh, I would... The most famous cigar traditions that I can think of is probably when a child is born. The it's a boys and it's a girl kind of thing. Which actually I did some research on. And that actually comes back from when cigars were very rare. Mm. When it was much harder to get cigars than it is now. So well, it was a special occasion for a special occasion. Right. When the cigar is a special occasion for that. Um, you know, promotions usually involve a cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes purchasing a home, but I've I've been around a lot of home purchasing. I don't see that as huge. The article that I happen to be reading, the cigar store had written about traditions in cigars and purchasing a home. Uh... See, but I, I think that kind of depends on who you are. Just I think any cigar tradition, right? There are going to be people that only smoke a cigar because a kid was born or, or because of this. Whereas, you know, I'm. I'm going to highlight every major accomplishment in my life with a cigar. You know, if if I buy a house, yeah, I'm going to have a, a really nice cigar that night to kind of celebrate. You know, uh, but I, I don't think that's one that just anybody would be like, oh, it's time to go get a cigar. Uh, weddings and proms are another example of those that I think, I think those are, are cigar events. Yeah, weddings definitely. Um, when all the groomsmen get together, especially at the bachelor party before when all the groomsmen can kind of gather. Because y'all kind of had that at the camping trip this year, didn't We did. You? We did. It was kind of a camping trip slash um, bachelor party. Yeah, which was fantastic for me as the best man because it meant I didn't have to plan anything. Uh, but Now, that is the question. If you're nominated the best man, and all, I've had that honor a couple of times in my life. And you have to purchase the cigars for the bachelor party. How do you go about that? Because you, you, what would you recommend? If someone came in and said, hey... I was about to say, I've been on the shop side of that many, many times. And I, the first question is, how many people, how much do you want to spend, and how many of them are actual cigar smokers? A lot of times I will point people towards the Perdomo Champagne because it is such a... Um, or a Fuente Chateau. Because it's such a, a well-known and good cigar, but also is going to appeal to the broadest range of palates. See, I think this is a great application for the house blend. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because you can accept that sometimes you want to. Sorry, I just stepped all over you, but I think sometimes, especially for a bachelor party when you're celebrating a special occasion, I think you want something a little more special than a cigar without a band on it. Do you? Or, you know, there's so much going on at a bachelor party, there's usually some drinking involved, uh, may or may not be some entertainment. There's always so much going on. I find it hard to enjoy, if I'm going to enjoy a good cigar. Um, I have a friend that always gives me a nice Padron 1964 for my birthday every year. Mm -hmm. That's appointment smoking for me. Right. That cigar I'm not going to do when anything else is going on. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to enjoy that cigar when that cigar can have my full attention. Right. So the house blend kind of gives you that, okay, this is the house blend. This is a special cigar, as is evident by the fact it doesn't have a label. This isn't just a commercial cigar that you grab. And it's usually cheap enough that if it gets dropped in a drink or in a G-string, it's not that big a loss to the to the cigar holder in general. That, that's true. I mean, the person wearing the G-string might have a problem, but everybody else, it's not that big a deal. Well, I you know, I think you make a very good point, but I, it also, you know, like so much else, it kind of depends on your crowd, right? Do you have the kind of crowd that's going to be very raucous? And and carrying on and getting getting stupid drunk, and you know, multiple well, strippers and 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 that sort of like is is that the kind of environment? Then yeah, you're right. But thinking more about the type of environment I would be present at, I think, or that like if I were the one purchasing the cigars, it would be a much more subdued atmosphere, and therefore I think you could elevate the cigar experience a little more. Well, and I think that I think you kind of have to establish when you are the best man, what is this? Is this you saying goodbye to your singleness, or is this a celebration of manhood? Which, and if if this if your bachelor, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this right now. If your bachelor party is a is a, a celebration of you your last hurrah as being single, maybe you're not ready to get married. Maybe there, there's probably a a tail in there. You know, if if you're looking forward to going to Atlantic City and being blackout drunk for three days to celebrate the fact that you're no longer... Well, first of all, gone are the days of arranged marriages and dowries and stuff like that. So you haven't been single for a long time anyway. So I, I just... I find, I find that to be a very um, immature approach uh, to, the, to the entering of, of, of a very... Sacred bond. I, yeah. say, I say that being yeah, someone who's been I think, twice, but I still. think you should <laughs> not um, not miss that opportunity to just celebrate manhood, just to celebrate adding to your manhood as opposed to so mourning the loss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think if you're approaching it from a mourning the loss standpoint, you're in the wrong mindset to begin with. Okay, so let's climb down off our soapbox. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and let's talk about a new cutter. A new accessory. You brought this up before we started recording, and I actually haven't seen this one. I'm a little disappointed. So this is... I'm going to turn my iPad around so that you can see. I need one of those swivel things so you do. I can swivel it around. But it's the Screw Pop Chopo Cigar Cutter. Now this is... Oh, I have seen that. This is a cutter designed to go on a keychain. Is what this cutter is. It's designed um, screw pop. They're not a cigar accessory company. They are the you know I keep a I keep a um, Gerber shard on my keychain. That's basically a little crowbar, 
and it's got a screwdriver on it. It's got a bottle opener on it. It's got a couple of things like that on it. Yeah, they do multi-tools and, and things like that. Yeah, so they're not necessarily a cigar cutter. Now, this is the second version, because the first version of the screw pop cutter, you can see at the bottom there, right, um, didn't work. I oh. mean, it looked great. It would open a beer bottle, but it really did not cut a cigar well. Well, the reviews are in, and unfortunately, this one does not cut a cigar well oh, either. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that stinks. Yeah, the, you know, I've, I'm being facetious, but let's say you're in R&D. Mm-hmm. Is that not the first thing you kind of get ironed out? Yeah, you would think so. Now, what is it about it? Is it not big enough? The blades are too thick. They make it very heavy duty, and the blades are too thick. And and it makes sense because if you look at the blade in my Calibri, if you look at the blades in your Zycar, those are very, very thin pieces of metal. Yes, they are. Um, This is a much thicker piece of metal, and it leads to dulling quicker. Um, The reviews are not great on these. Plus, it's bouncing around a bunch of keys all day long. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you don't want it to... It's got to be heavy because you don't want it to accidentally open in your pocket, things like that. So, definitely can't get it. I think if you want a keychain cigar cutter... Zycar scissors. Zycar MTX 9324. Oh, you already had it pulled up. You, oh, that, you agree then. I'm right on top of it. Because not only does it have a cutter, it has a small cigar punch in it, or a poker in it, so that you can draw poke. Mm-hmm. It also has a little flathead screwdriver for adjusting your lighter. Right. And uh, the only the only drawback to the MTX... Is the price. Um, oh, 40, they've come down a bit. Yeah, $45.95 on Amazon for the black one for the Cadillac. They've been, they've been that price for over a decade. That's what they were when when I started smoking. That's impressive that they haven't had a price increase in that amount of time. Yeah, I mean the you can get the chrome one for thirty nine dollars and sixteen cents. Why don't I own one? Um, the only downfall of the of the Zycar MTX is you are now using cigar scissors, which does require a little more skill. Which, if you're serious enough that you're carrying a cutter on your keychain, you probably possess that amount of skill. Right. You know, I, I don't find the cigars, the, the, I, I think with the scissors, it, the only little extra skill is just in getting it, getting it to cut without moving. That's really, but you, you have that same issue with just a regular cutter. I don't find that they require that much more skill, you know, to necessarily execute a clean cut. The, the key there is the sharpness. They are going to go dull a lot faster than a guillotine cutter, and that's where you run into your issues. Yeah, your guillotine cutter is going to kind of be self-sharpening, and here's my question. How much difference is the folded Zycar MTX from the traditional Zycar teardrop cutter size-wise? I think they got to be so close as to be negligible. The scissors are just slightly smaller. They in ring gauge, but by nature of the fact that they're scissors, they open up as wide as your fingers. So it may not be the cleanest cut all the way around, but you can you can get through a sixty ring gauge on those. Well, I just I wonder, do we need this? You know, in society, we often find ourselves asking, "Can we?" Before we ask, "Should we?" All about coulda, not shoulda. Right. Do we need this? Do we need a? I don't. I smoke a lot of cigars. I don't need a cigar cutter. I can put on my keychain. You know, well, here's the thing. You're a pocket knife guy. 
you have always got some manner of cutting a cigar on you at all times. I'm recently a pocket knife guy again. I've always been a pocket knife guy, and then mine broke. And so for the last like year and a half, I haven't carried a pocket knife. I finally got a new one that I love. So, so yeah, so my need for a cigar cutter on my keychain has just recently gone down, but I also used to always keep a punch on my, on my, I think, I think there's always a reason to have, I mean, I used to carry a bottle opener on my, on my keychain too. I think, you know, there's, there's a reason for it. Mm, uh, I, I question it, but I'm also the prepared guy. Right. You know, I've, if I'm wearing pants, I got a knife in my pocket. Right. It's always been that way, aside from if I happen to be getting on a plane that day. If I'm wearing pants, there's a pocket knife in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, the cutters, I keep cutters at home. I keep cutters in my um, truck. I have an emergency cutter in my truck just in case, and my kit goes everywhere, and I keep an emergency cutter here in my locker. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of, but I'm, it's just cutters I've accumulated. Every, every time I do, I kind of take one and put it somewhere where if I actually need it. Right. And there's something to be said for that. But, I mean, I have run into situations in the past where I haven't had a cutter on me. And, you know, maybe not in my car and wasn't planning on having a cigar that day. We were out, had some time to kill. So let's have a cigar. And I would always prefer to use a a cutter that I own as I would as opposed to using a house cutter. Studio audience just walked in. Yeah, did. I Trey little, totally I, lost that thought. I did. Um, that thought is gone. <laughs> it's history. It's, so, it's wonderful that when she walks in, she takes your breath away. It's true. It, it, it makes me makes me feel happy for the two of you. But, I'm glad she missed what you said earlier. <laughs> so. She'll hear it on Saturday. So, but yeah, so I would always use rather use a cutter that I own, and so the idea of, of keeping those scissors on my keychain, I, I think it's I think it's fine. Well, so don't knock it till you try it. Is what I'm saying, Shane. Again, king of the segue tonight. While we're talking about cuteness and accessories. My wife and I had a really fun experience this week. Um, my Calibri quartz cutter, mm-hmm. my tabletop cutter, yeah. the bottom cap, if you'll notice, the bottom cap on those that actually holds the, the clippings in is a small plastic disc. How did you get it before it went through Ace's digestive system or after? Half and half. I found half of it. It fell off. And my Labrador managed to eat it for me. Oh, no. And also, my wife sent an email to Calibri. Okay. And she she sent them a picture of Ace and a picture of what was left of the particular disc. I hope she picked a particularly really cute, sweet picture of Ace, too. Not oh. one with him with, like, a duck in his mouth or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely a, an adorable... That's definitely a call for the adorable Ace picture. And I have to read the email that Calibri sent back to us just because I think this needs to be acknowledged. At least he did not eat the whole circle and cause him damage. Please provide me with your address and we will get one shipped out to you. Give Ace a hug for me. And that's from Lori Paris at Calibri Group. Now, I have to tell, we, we typically don't give people's names on the show, but I have to plug Lori here. She's been with Calibri for ages. In fact, she was head of customer service when I worked for them. And I've never met someone who's as good at their job or who cares as much as she does. She is fantastic. If you ever have any issues or need to get in touch with customer service with a Calibri product of yours, look for her name. She will make sure that you're taken care of. 
she's she was excellent. They're sending us a new piece, and this one I'm going to be sure he doesn't eat because I'm tired of using my cutter and dumping tobacco salad <laughs> in my lap every time I cut a cigar. Thanks well, see, eggs. now if you had some cutters on your, uh, a cutter on your keychain, you wouldn't have to worry about it. That, that's true. But th- <laughs> this is my tabletop cutter. This is my at-home cutter. And all because I love it. It's perfect for my tabletop right. cutter at home until the bottom falls off and my Labrador decides to eat it. <laughs> but Calibri did that for us this week, and that's really nice of them. I did want to take a minute and just acknowledge how how cool that is of Calibri to really do that for us. That is. they Their customer service has come a long way in the last five, six years, ten years maybe. They've, they've really got it figured out over there. Well, and I'm always going to be a Calibri over a Zycar guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Zycar's great products, but it seems like ergonomically Calibri works better for me. That's And that's what it's all about. I know plenty of people that the Calibri stuff doesn't fit their hand well. Um, I personally, I find that Calibri stuff fits my hand better than the Zycar, but that being said, I carry a Zycar all day long. So yeah, I actually need to give Lori a call. I, my cutter still neat. My Calibri cutter still has a nick in the blade. I need to get it replaced. Do you need a picture of Ace? Yeah. Okay. Me, well, I've got I've got a cute picture of Oscar. I'll, I'll figure out okay. a way to... I'll, I'll shoot. I, yeah, send, send a cute... For future reference, when emailing Calibri, please send a cute picture of a dog. <laughs> It'll always help matters tremendously in getting things done. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lori. She's going to get all these Calibri... All, the dog all these dog pictures coming in to her. <laughs> From both of our listeners, yeah, yeah, all three, all three of them. But, but anyway, as we come to the end of the show, I believe it is time for you to pronounce judgment on Agenor Salif Corojo. I don't know how I've managed to go this long without smoking the cigar. It is so good. It is packed full of that textbook Corojo flavor, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that it's from 2006. There's so much age on this wrapper leaf that it's had a chance to mature, to develop. It's well blended. Being a Nicaraguan Puro, it has a lot of that spice. It is drying my palate out a lot, which is why I've been smoking mostly Dominicans lately. But the flavor on this thing is just, it's a its a medium to medium plus. It's not a full-bodied cigar, but it is just, and, and it's been consistent the whole way through. It hasn't really changed uh, but I wouldn't have wanted it to. So I'm I'm really, really thrilled. And it's under 10 bucks a stick. So that's really, really good, a good price point for this cigar. Well, the LFD Mystery Cigar, get your hands on one of those. When there's an LFD event, go ahead and do whatever it takes to get them to give you one. Um, the finesse is there. This is what I hope the future of LFD cigars is. All right. I hope this complexity, I hope they get away from the power, the the strength, the beat my brains out type strength and get more to that softer, more complex, more finesse. Because they're working with Dominican tobacco, so they absolutely have that arena to play with. I mean, there's some great, you know, nuances in Dominican tobacco that I'm, I'm really appreciating right now. They they have it at their fingertips. They just need to, to grab a hold of it. Well, I'm, I hope next time I see our, we have a new LFD rep in the area. And I'll super nice guy. Met him the other night. Can't remember his name to save my life. But I know I'm, I, I was prepared the rest of the show. It was. I, no, just finish just, strong. You're just, good. Just, just cut me a break. I was prepared <laughs> for everything except for the new rep's name. But great guy. He did an outstanding job. Um, the mystery cigar. I definitely would like to get a hold of a few more of those to really enjoy. So 
Um, until next week, how do they get a hold of us? All right. You can always send us an email at info at the cigarcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the cigarcast and then Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, until next week, everybody enjoy a good cigar and think well of us.